Shut up and sit down. Welcome to the Absolute Worst Podcast. I'm Alison Royer. And I'm Dana Powell. <laughs> Each week in our show, we seek and give free therapy by telling you our problems, asking you to tell us your problems, and then we just pray to God that any of it works out. We're basically the opposite of Oprah. You know how Ugh. I know that? <laughs> because we just started this whole show over. People don't know that. Do you want to know why we started it over? Because we have a special guest that messed everything up. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> you may recognize her from... The Ocean. And Absolute Worst Podcast... Ladies and gentlemen, Please our intern, welcome. Sarah Samuels, here today. Thank Hi. you for coming, Thank Sarah, you so the intern. Thank you for having me. Sorry I already messed up the Are day. Are you sorry? It's sort of just to be expected, am I right? <laughs> yeah. So now I have two questions for you. Yeah. One. Where have you been? <laughs> and two. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Dana, that voice is it's fucking terrifying. I know. Please do the whole uh, no. episode. No. Like stop this. it. Stop. That is the devil. <laughs> That is the Debs. Well, maybe I'm the devil. So Sarah is going to be with us for two episodes, which is riveting. She then sent us a very long email indicating that she then wouldn't be here for the two episodes after, Mm -hmm. wouldn't be here for our live show, Mm -hmm. said very- Which I didn't read any of the emails, so (laughs) I responded on Instagram today, wait, you're not going to be at our live show? (laughs) (laughs) Then like very- uh, ha- said, I'm not around the weeks around Thanksgiving, which was just like very, very vague. The like, weekends, I don't- it's a Thursday. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh my God, she just got so angry. I know, but know your place. <laughs> <laughs> you introduced me as your special guest, and I feel like therefore I have like a lot of speaking rights. She's got a point. point. That was our bad. She's got a point. We really screwed I'm up. I'm going to be giving advice today. Is I'm that just, true? Okay. How happy are we that your microphone's working? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Meh. No. <laughs> We're so happy to have you, Sarah. Now, and just to clear up any confusion, I know a lot of people are thinking, I really want to be your intern, and I never go on cruises. Why are they dealing with this psycho? Sarah does a significant amount of work behind the scenes. She does a lot. To the degree where when I'm on emails now, I just loop in Sarah and say, Sarah, please <laughs> handle. Yeah. Like I, You just said, Sarah, why don't you do my grocery shopping? <laughs> Like that seems a little outside so the bounds. So that's why we of deal thought. with her her insistence on literally never coming to our actual recordings. <laughs> she also claims that after her November cruise, oh, no. which isn't even a joke, that's a real thing she's no, I doing. Know. It's I actually know. October. It's October. It's yeah, cruise. the cruise. Then is where October. are you around the weeks of Thanksgiving? I'm going to Peru. <laughs> What? (laughs) Okay. Also, this is super weird. So, you know, I told you guys yesterday I was off the grid. Uh, So I was hanging out with this friend of mine and he has been to Peru and we were talking about it tons. Weird. Yeah. What did he say? Super weird. You just like know about Peru generally. No, it is weird that I had a a full blown long conversation about Peru yesterday. I've never been. And I don't generally have conversations about Peru. We're, Me neither. What we what people don't know is we're sending Sarah on missionary work so that the people of the I sea wish. as well as the people of Peru know about our show. Are you Can going be, by boat? To per, yes. No. Plane, no like yeah. Long long plane ride. So you have oh, a cruise okay. in October and then we're you're going to Peru. S- absolute worst podcast stickers on on the plane. Those are expensive, Sarah. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> 
And then after Peru, you have no foreseeable trips after that. No. Okay. Can Not I? Yet. Right. Oh, yeah. Who's to say? Who's I mean, say? I don't want to stop you Sarah, from living your life. I've been six places in my life and five of them are in the United States. So I was wondering if you would adopt me. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Because we don't pay her, as everybody knows. No. Although this is... I wish we could, even though she does travel a lot. I know. She needs money to buy souvenirs for us. (laughs) (laughs) That's really going to compel our listeners to donate to our Patreon. Are you going with your mama again? Are you traveling with your mama? To the cruise, yes. Uh Sure. It's her birthday, obviously. Oh, I love it. I love that you travel with your mom. I think it's lovely. Side note, Sarah's mom sent us a multitude of gifts for our children. She's amazing. She is. My kid... She got my kid dinosaur pajamas, mm-hmm. and he couldn't be happier. Yeah, she got my kid like a cute outfit that had butter- butterfly wings. Love it. Yeah, Sarah. Yeah, why aren't you as nice as your mom? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so anyway, I don't want to dwell on Sarah's inability to be a good intern too much, but she is back. And for the yep, record. exactly. Put the mic down. For the you record, had your moment. Sarah. I think you're amazing. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> So I've been talking about today's format for a while. Um, We had a previous episode. It was episode 65. It was called Anxiety, Depression, and a Butt Wiper. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe depression. I think it was called. It doesn't matter. The point is um, we got so many emails in response. And so today's episode is solely dedicated to those emails. We got people that were offering advice. We got people that were just identifying. And I want to try to get through as many of them as I can. Um. Before we get into that, just a little bit of uh, information, I guess. So as I mentioned, Sarah has value. I know that's shocking for a lot of people. I don't think it is. One of the things she did is, so she's obviously built our website because so many people screamed about our old website that we found a young person. No complaints. Exactly. Since she rebuilt it, we've had zero complaints. No complaints. She also this week worked to... um, put us on Spotify, which mm-hmm. a lot of people had been asking us about. And Dana and I tried repeatedly. And then it took Sarah 30 seconds to a minute. To make I mean, happen. I've submitted us twice and they just ignored me. I submitted me. us too. No, I didn't know how to do it. You can't just Google it. There's a special. Okay. Well, anyway, she she did that, which is amazing. Um, if you go to our website now, there's a bunch of great stuff on there. There's the attitude of gratitude. We recently added a way that you can support us financially if you're feeling crazy and that's something that you want to do. So now we have a donate tab. Mm-hmm. Um We have, this has been like really, I feel like it's been getting a lot of action lately. So I know I've mentioned it before, but on Facebook, we have a private group. It's called AWP Interns and we're super into it. So it was not started by us. It was started by the intern. It was started by, no, not this intern, a different intern. the intern. Yes, exactly. Um, So... If you miss us between Saturdays, go on there. Dana and I are on there. Sarah's on there. Other people that listen to this show, you can ask us anything. You can start conversations. You started a fun one the other day that really went It was crazy. super fun. We yeah. talked about favorite AWP moments. A lot of people love Dana's poop stories. They can't get enough of it. <laughs> I hate poop so I know much. it's so funny, but you're like known for your poop stories. Oh, God. It's very good. So, so you know, if you haven't checked out our website yet, um, and also the people that have donated because people... People have. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Um, it's it, so incredibly helpful. We really want to work hard to get Sarah to bring us souvenirs. So that's what your money's that's going your for. Money. <laughs> Don't. I'm just kidding. It goes to our website and upkeep of our RSS feed and a bunch of boring stuff. Yeah. So we're gonna. Launch, also, oh, can I make an announcement? Please. I think by this point. 
point, um, by the time this show comes out, I believe our merch is going to be live. Don't say that. Why? I hope it's true. I think it is. I just want to give a shout out to my friend, Jan, who helped us like get our logo on there. She's she's incredible. You're just she's giving in- us things to edit right now. Why? I hope it's ready. It is going to be. All I right. uploaded the new artwork today, and when I get home tonight, I'm going to try and make All it right. go live. But yes, we've been working on merch, and we're super excited and about Jan it. And Jan is like a super OG listener. Yes. I love her. Fan of Jan. Ugh, gross. <laughs> Allison just got so excited that she said that. You should see her face. Ugh, it's the worst. <laughs> so we're going to launch into some feedback here. This is fake name Rowena. Subject, the letter from the depressed man in Missouri. I can so relate to the man that wrote in the letter relating his depression and his thoughts of suicide. I feel such a kinship to him. I, too, suffer with depression and feelings of worthlessness. I am in the process of buying a home in another town, and I'm scared to death that this will not bring me happiness. Just relocate my sadness. Please give this man my email address. I would love to correspond with him, and maybe, just maybe, we can support each other through the path our lives are taking. So I immediately sent it to the guy. Oh, good. Yeah, and I don't know if they've connected yet, and I don't want to get ahead of myself Stop but it. do you think no. this is going to be the first no. AWP relationship? No, they, she mentioned nothing about whether she was single or no. you are a crazy person. Yeah, I think it's going to work out for them. Stop that. it. So, but I do hope that they reach out to one another. Yeah. That's what that's what we're so happy about this podcast is that we've built a community and we love that you support one another and thank you for writing that in. And even when we did this episode, I we had both said, I really feel like we're going to get a lot of feedback on this. Mm-hmm. And we did. So including the people that wrote in. So so many people were moved by the first letter that we read, which was this guy in Missouri. Um, he wrote us back. He did. Yes. So I want to read his email. I just wanted to say thank you for reading my letter on the podcast. It was one of the most difficult things that I listened to. Hearing others' issues is much easier to say that, yay, I can relate to that issue and I would sow this instead. When it comes to hearing your own problems being talked about it, you don't have that buffer of, oh, I would have done it this way or that way. And when it is yourself, you did it the only way that you knew how to at the time. Mm -hmm. I do appreciate all the feedback and where you are coming from in your own lives. This week, I was told that it is official that my position at my company is being surplused. I have the option to take a small amount of severance pay or to change roles from a back office support position to a frontline, entirely sales-based position. The new position has more pay, but also more stress associated with it. Mm -hmm. If I were to take the insulting amount that the severance would be, I would also miss out on $4,000 in 401k vested matching by about three days of service. Oh, that's fucking bullshit. I am extremely anxious and downright terrified of this huge change. I also started caring about myself more by starting to pay more attention to what I am eating and keeping track of calories and trying to be more aware of what I'm eating. I pledge to even keep track of everything, even if it's a day where everything has gone wrong and I ate all the food. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm trying to be more honest with myself and learn who I am with this. Also, I was going to ask for more information from Dana in regards to the person she suggested that I talk to. So say that guy's name again. Remember that? Ryan Woodall. So you can find him on Facebook under Woodall Weight Loss Solutions. Awesome. He's he does every Wednesday. He does um what's he call it? Not Wake Up Wednesday, but something clever like that. Or Woodall Wednesday. Waterboarding or Wednesday. No, oh. Allison. <laughs> but he just um, gives a positive message cool. to the people he's working with and anyone who wants to listen, and it's really uplifting and lovely. So cool. I'm trying to take it just a day at a time and making plans for the future that I want to be there for. I signed up for a full load of classes for the fall so that I can be that much closer to my degree and the opportunities that would open up for me. 
I am trying. I appreciate everything that you guys have done and are doing and most definitely are making a difference in my life. P.S. Because remember when he said I'm binge watching your show? (laughs) He said, P.S. I'm going to call it binge watching even if it's listening. P.P.S. Seriously get Sarah a mic. Oh, she's got one. Got it. Love you all and thank you. I I love love that. I'm so inspired by Mm -hmm. him. Like, He's taking action. Mm-hmm. That's and he's amazing. breaking it down really small. Yes. You so know? that it's doable. And I love it's how he's overwhelming. Yeah. And I love how he's like, I'm just trying to get some things that I'm excited about. I love it. You know? And he had said in his first email, I remember he said he was thinking about being an accountant. And I love that because I remember too, I think he was like, I'm 36 already. And I'm like, 36? So, you know, yeah. like, yeah, like, yeah. that is not too late to go be an accountant by no. any means. Also, why do you want to be an accountant? That's so weird. Oh, my God, Allison. <laughs> I just, I'm so happy for him and proud of him and inspired by him. And I think it's lovely. Oh, yeah. It's not easy to change your eating habits either. Oh, no. But I think he's going to um, feel better physically and maybe get some clarity. If I could because just, I'll be honest, I don't know what to tell him about whether or not to take the severance or yeah, I or, don't know. Because my my position would be no, <laughs> like leave there. Don't yeah. be, go into sales. He doesn't need any more stress. Even in if his he life. starts though, just to get the three days of the four hundred one k money, that's true. You know, of course, we don't know like if he does that, how many. How long you But also, stay, if he doesn't have a new job, why don't you try the sales and s- while you're looking for another job? And by the time you get the other, either you were like, oh, this isn't terrible, mm-hmm. or, but you're like, okay, I at least moved forward a little bit, still had some money coming in. Yeah. There is a thing of you should never quit a job without a new job. And I know in this one- I used to believe that. I know. And then you're like, shoot for the stars and you'll land in the clouds, <laughs> like that crazy shit. Wow. I'm very Midwestern and I don't like it. Well, I'm Midwestern too, but I've grown. No, you're not. Allison, we are going to fight. (laughs) I don't want to beat you down, but I will. That's the thing about today's episode is it's here just to be uplifting and inspiring. (laughs) (laughs) We just want everybody to know we really support you and each other. And we're always just here to give like a positive view of how you can get through life. Your voice is beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Guess who this one's from? You're going to die. Republican rap. Big motherfucking (laughs) pee-pee. Big pee-pee wrote us back. Oh my God. No, if you don't remember Big pee-pee. I remember Big (laughs) pee-pee just because it's a name that's hard to forget. He wrote in his Big pee-pee. We also found out he was 17, which was very upsetting. And he was talking to, he he was asking how to talk to his mom about some very serious issues. His original subject line was, how do I explain to my mom that I don't see the point in life? I want to say I love Big PP, but it just sounds weird. It sounds weird because yeah. he's 17. So, well, and also it just sounds like I'm saying, well, I love big dicks. Well, I don't think that's weird. <laughs> oh, anyway. You don't think it's weird for me to just say randomly? No. Fine. You I have- love Big PP then. <laughs> Okay. He says, thank you. I still haven't told my mom everything, but with small little steps, I've gotten help. After three therapy sessions and a talk with my psychologist, I'm now on medication I can't pronounce. Turns out I have depression and social anxiety, but like Allison, I'm very manipulative and can pretend to be great when I clearly am not. Mm. My mom doesn't believe I have depression, and she is very worried about the medicine because I come from a line of men with addictions. But she's very loving, so she's willing to help me. Sometimes I have long debates and fights with 
her about it, from blaming me to blaming her and trying to teach her with that sometimes it just happens and it's no one's fault. Mm-hmm. I've also had awkward moments when she thinks I might commit suicide and or moments I get worried since she says small little stuff that makes me think I'm a bother to her. Mm-hmm. Almost cried this episode, but you guys made me laugh. Thank you. I've been writing to the podcast since the first episode. Oh, I've been listening to the podcast since the first episode. Oh my I know. I love to explore new podcasts. I finally decided to get help and write in after 50-something episodes. Sorry, it's too long. Love to talk and have so much more to say, but thank you so much. Oh, my God. I have chills. I know. I do, too. Tingles all over. <laughs> I, it makes me feel like J-Lo. Isn't she the one that says she gets tingles? Oh, she gets gooseies. J-Lo? Stop <laughs> looking at me like I'm crazy, you two wackadoos. Anyway, I'm so glad that he's opened up conversation with his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to say to him, like, you know, he mentioned what stuck out to me a little bit was that he mentioned sometimes she makes comments that make him feel like he's a burden or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I can say, and maybe I'm wrong, but it sounds like based on what he's told us, his mother really cares. Oh, yeah. She's really involved. And he's right. Sometimes things just go wrong in our brains and it's nobody's fault. So there's yeah. no need to play the blame game. Even if she starts it, mm-hmm. just kind of let it go and know that she loves you. We love you. We're so proud of you mm-hmm. and the steps that you've taken. It sounds like he's got people watching out for him, and I think it's amazing. Yeah, he sounds significant. Maybe it's the big pee-pee that makes him so, so mature. mature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I want to say, too, just a little bit about perception, because I know when I'm under, like, the veil of depression, I'm super sensitive. Yeah. And so know that, like, yeah, your perception's probably off. You're probably super sensitive to whatever your mom is going through. And so you're putting that into, like, I'm a bother pile, you know? And so just let her off the hook a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. you we, would, we wouldn't say that to you if we didn't think you were sounding super mature and totally. aware, you know, but I do think based on what we're hearing in these emails that you're someone that is capable of, you know, looking at the big picture and like, you know, cut your mom some slack and no, focus on, if you get in, stuck in those spots where you're like, I'm a bother, I'm this, like think about, you know, we're big on gratitude lists and things mm-hmm. like that, but why don't you write down all the ways that she does show you that she loves you? Mm-hmm. And by the time you're done with that list, you're going to be like, oh. Yeah, that, you because know. she wouldn't be worried about the medication and all this stuff if she didn't care. Right. And, you know, we're humans, we're flawed, even as mothers sometimes. I've said things to Henry where I'm like, why did I just say that? Totally. Like, ugh, you're getting on my nerves. Like, there's no reason for me to say that, but I'm human. And, and you know, just remember that she is too. Yeah, and sh- here's the thing. You know, I know I'm always talking about my snoozy alcoholism, but I don't come from an alcoholic home, and my parents, we've not really, I don't think they do understand yeah. what what my deal is. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't talk about my recovery or or what I do, or, you know, they totally understand that I don't drink anymore, but... You know, I always use this example as like my my anniversary is Christmas Eve and I'm always at my parents' house and like it's not like I wake up and they're like, Oh my gosh, congratulations, you're another year. So they're just right. nobody, it's not on their radar. That doesn't mean they're bad people. They just don't get it. And no. what I found is the more I try to explain it to them, the more it causes a rift. Really? So, yeah, because I think it is 
in our nature as parents to think, what could I have done better? Exactly what did I do what wrong? I was getting ready to say. Yeah. I think we're constantly terrified, at least my experience as a mother. And I and I think my mom, like she's asked me questions before and stuff. Like I think we're constantly terrified that we're fucking up our kids. Yeah. And that's the last thing we want. Yeah. And so, you know, know that she might not understand. Mm-mm, but she might not ever. Right. And so maybe you don't need to you don't need to necessarily make her understand. Mm-hmm. Find other people in your network that are going through the same thing, and those are the people that you can talk to. You know, I wouldn't worry about that too much of getting her to get it because she might not, and the more you try, it might just drive a wedge. Mm-hmm. Because And, and yeah. it sounds like to me, even though she may not get it, she still loves it. And is an acceptance. Mm-hmm. That That's the biggest thing. Like, they accept that I don't drink. Right. You know, she accepts that he is... You going know. out to find help for exactly. himself. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe that's just enough right now. I love big pee-pee. I love big pee I love big pee We have recently gotten some demands to sing more. Oh, oh God, do you know the no. song that says, um, where do you see my dick? Hey, bitch, where do you see no, my dick? No, that seems very... I'm going to eat that uh, pussy Stop up. it. Hey, stop bitch. It. Oh, I'm going to start humming and drown you out. I can't handle it. What's happening? Oh my god! It's such a good song, you guys. No, stop, 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 stop. Wait, do you see? Stop, that? stop, stop. <laughs> I can't allow it. I realize we're an explicit podcast, but that just sent me off the rails. Oh I don't know what. why. You're so inappropriate. What do you mean? Who sings that song? I think it's Wu Tang. Don't sing it again. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were gonna sing. Let me smell your dick. Why are you coming home at five? Nobody knows that song. If you don't know that song, go look it up. You know, Ian Gary knows every word. Our friend Ian. Yep. Oh, yes. What? I feel like it's a weird inside comedian joke. Like, why do we all know that did? song? Yeah. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, I don't go around smelling dicks. <laughs> why is it okay for you to sing the smell your dick song, but it's I can't smell- say wait till you see my dick by an actual band? Because then it went on to be like, me, my pussy, me, me, me. like it <laughs> oh, was so the, much. You have an issue with eating pussy. That's your issue? No, I don't actually. <laughs> well, then <laughs> I don't want to hear it from your mouth out loud. <laughs> Crazy. I regret coming back here. <laughs> <laughs> You're a monster. This person says, thank you. Okay. There was another person. So a lot of the people that wrote in that episode have written us back. So there was another girl who talked about dealing with anxiety. Okay. Okay. So this is, I think, one of our first questions. Thank you guys so much for giving me some tips and talking a little bit about your anxiety as well. I think hearing about how you have had anxiety also really helps because I don't feel so lonely anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not the only one. I have talked to my doctor about my panic attacks and instead of helping me, he made me feel like I was making it up. Get a new doctor. Mm -hmm. Talking to him really discouraged me from wanting to talk about it to anyone. So I tried to take matters into my own hands. Since writing to you the first time, I have discovered that I have the most anxiety when I feel out of control. Totally. Mm -hmm. I am adopted, and so I usually feel like from the day I was born, I did not have control over my own life. Oh, that's Mm, interesting. interesting. I was raised by a very controlling mother, and I was raised in a house that was always fighting. My brother, who is also adopted, has had countless troubles with his adoption. He has been very depressed for most of his life and been suicidal many times. Mm -hmm. There was not, there's not been a day of my life when my parents have 
have not fought, when my brother has not fought with my parents. I cannot control the constant fighting and I go into panic mode when they start Mm -hmm. because of my brother and all the problems he has faced. I have tried to be the best version of myself. I try not to make the mistakes he has. I am terrified that I will not be successful, that I'll end up like my brother, that I'll disappoint my parents and my birth mother. And I feel like if I have a plan, everything will work. I've been working on the anxiety and I've been getting so much better. I'm sorry for the long backstory, but I really needed to say it to someone who I know can relate to having anxiety. Mm-hmm. Thanks again for talking about it. That's lovely. I, I, I think that for the most part, we're all always trying to do our best. Oh, yeah. You know, like, and, and I, we've talked about fear before, and I think you're the one that said it, Allison. Like, there's a saying or whatever. Fuck like, everything and run. Oh, no. Oh. (laughs) You ever heard that that's what fear stands for? Fuck everything and And run? run. No. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. No, I I do like that. Mm -hmm. But you said we have to walk through our fear. Oh, yeah. So instead of, um, because she listed off what her fears are, Mm -hmm. and I'm glad that she can recognize them because then I think she can move past them. Right. Walk through those fears. You are doing the best that you can. And some days are better than others. Yeah. You know, we're not perfect. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing too is, you know, and Dana said it right away is, I feel like Lucy said this really well when she was our guest, when she talked about like, when you first share your story, she was talking about sexual assault, but she said like, a lot of times your experience is dependent on if you have a positive experience when you share your story. For the first time. For the first time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I'm sure for her, it sounds like that didn't work. So she's back in her shell. So we just want to encourage you to find another doctor that you like. another doctor. Mm -hmm. They're human too. Yeah. You know, there's that saying about doctors, like somebody uh, somebody, uh, is the, the C or D Doctor, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Somebody was the lowest in their doctor class, yeah, and you might have got him, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So don't let that deter you. And I think the other thing is, um, yeah, being careful of. And I think this this is a comment too on judgment, you know, because Dana was saying like we're all kind of go, doing our best ba- based on where we've come from. Mm-hmm. I know for me, I'm the worst. I can be super judgmental, mm-hmm. particularly in terms of like perfectionism and. We've talked about it a little bit, you know, like mm-hmm. my intolerance around gifts, you know, right, is like right. a, a simple example of like, we should all know that this is the protocol for this. Like I'm, right. I've said, I'm like the drunken Emily post and it's like, <laughs> we have to kind of, hopefully that helps us mm-hmm. when we see other people kind of like not doing it the right way or mm-hmm. whatever that means to ease up a little bit and mm-hmm. know like we're all doing our best. We're all coming from totally different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And so your best might not be the same as somebody else's exactly. best. I and, used to think that saying that was an excuse to not do yeah. your best, but I don't I don't believe that anymore. I think we are. And I also want to say I am super proud of her for being her own advocate. Mm-hmm. And whether or not that doctor responded appropriately, don't let it don't let stop it deter you. you. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, in terms of your brother I know there's a tendency, especially in houses where one person is really over the top and crazy for the other one to retreat a little bit. Yeah. You know, like and the the people pleasing of trying to be the, the peacemaker. Right. That's a difficult position. Yeah, and I'm to gonna be, be like the good one. So of course you have anxiety. I'm not yeah. surprised because yeah. that's so much pressure to put on yourself is okay, don't rock the boat. Okay, like don't anger mm-hmm. the brother. Okay, like I'm don't, gonna be don't make mom and dad mad. Right. They're always fighting. I don't want any more of it. You know right. that's a lot of stress to put on yourself. Yeah. I think the best thing she can do for her brother is 
is just love him. Yeah. Yeah. Just love and him. And what can you do to be your own person and to know that he's him, you know, he's got his thing going and you've got your thing going and it's not about like if he acts this way, I have to act this way. Mm-hmm. And if I act this way, he may do this and that's bad. Like And she doesn't have to be the fixer. No. She has to take care of herself. That's right. Yeah. Love that. These people are up. <laughs> I meant her email, but you're great. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna love this one. Okay. Subject line, hello from New Zealand. <gasps> I wanna go to New Zealand so bad. I know. You guys know that I tag places some every week on I tag Instagram? different places Good. no in our RSS feed oh. like where you put tags for your podcast I've oh. been tagging other countries I want us Good. to go to <laughs> I can't wait to go to Australia that's not where New Zealand is yes it is well it's not in Australia <laughs> it's on the continent of Australia is that true <sighs> here we go Sarah's looking at it is it a day trip <laughs> <laughs> I thought New Zealand was its own country it is its own country. There's lots of different countries within separate continents. I'm going to sing a song for you. That's I've gonna... never been anywhere, you guys. I don't know geography. I f- no, I feel I yeah. It's separate. It's, it's separate different. than the continent of it, Australia. It's kind of like an island off of Australia. So yeah. it's part of the continent of Australia. I don't know what is a continent. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, like, does it count? I want everybody to be helped by this song that I learned in like the, when I was seven. <laughs> of course, there she found a way to sing. Seven. There are seven continents. Continents. <laughs> Europe, Asia, Africa, North and South America, <laughs> Australia and Antarctica, Australia and Antarctica. Okay. Okay. So Australia is the fox. continent and the country. And New Zealand is also a country. <laughs> I feel like I just went well, back we to, just I need to go back our, to sixth we grade. We just lost our only we, New Zealand listener. No, we need our New Zealand listener <laughs> because to write we need in. To learn. <laughs> This is, how, this is why people hate Americans. No kidding. Oh, sorry. <laughs> They're like, I've never been to the state of New Zealand. It sounds like such a great city. Is it a what? fucking province? Is it in Africa? It's I want nice. to go there so bad, though. I've been tagging it on my RSS feed. I mean, um, if you think about it, I just want to say, like, borders and, like, continent, it's all, like, arbitrary and made up. By that's people. what you think, because you live on a fucking boat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, listen, is it in Greene County? I'm going to read this like, email. Okay, like Hawaii fucked. part of the continent of North America? Well, it's an island, but yes, technically it's part okay, of the North America. Okay, the New Zealand island. Okay, but it doesn't mean it's not part of the continent of Australia. You know what, Allison? I feel I mean, like you're the problem I mean, it's also easily Googleable, Sarah. Put down your mic and find out what continent New Zealand is on. Oh my God, Sarah! You don't have to do that. Allison's gonna start reading, and then she's not even gonna pay attention to you. Hi, lovely ladies. If only this person knew. Thank you for your fun. <laughs> I think they do. Help. Thank you for your fun and helpful podcast, which doesn't seem true. It is because now other people who don't know are gonna Google it. Well, hopefully, we don't have to because Sarah's doing it. Don't believe everything you hear. I'm gonna do a story poll and ask. Oh, okay. okay. Now, I'm down. just gonna ask who knew. I just want to say, like, maybe, maybe. Maybe everyone was wondering that. Can you put your mic down? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm listening to episode 65 right now, and I wanted to share something I recently found out. Australia is a... (laughs) 
It's called the self-determination theory. So Mm. close to STD because it's SDT. Mm -hmm. And basically it's about figuring out how to want when you don't want to want anything. Oh, I love that. Wait, say that again? How? It's about figuring out how to want Mm -hmm. when you don't want anything. Okay. Which could be good for a lot of people because remember the girl that's like, I don't want to have a job. Yeah. I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to... It's worth a look. There are scholarly articles on it, and it's something I'm looking into at the moment. If you think it might be useful to your other listeners, please share. So I'll share, I mean, literally, I'm not going to do it because it's literally just the Wikipedia entry, but if you Google self-determination theory, she sent us the um, Wikipedia entry. But here's the thing. I I read it, Mm -hmm. and I highlighted some stuff that I thought was interesting. Okay. Key studies that led to emergence of SDT and STD, I don't know what that is, included research on intrinsic motivation. Intrinsic motivation refers to initiating an activity for its own sake because it is interesting and satisfying in itself, as opposed to doing an activity to obtain an external goal, extrinsic motivation. Hmm. Okay, so I also highlighted... SDT claims to give a different approach to motivation, considering what motivates a person at any given time, as opposed to seeing motivation as a unitary concept. SDT makes distinctions between different types of motivations and the consequences of them. So, for instance, like if everybody's external motivations are like to get more money Mm -hmm. because I want to have a family, you know, if those aren't your things Mm -hmm. to be able to look inwards and be like, okay, what are some of the other ways I could be motivated to want to do things? Okay. Can you give me an example of that? No. Oh, (laughs) I don't fucking know. Um, That's, that's a lot. SDT, here's the basic theory. Okay. SDT is centered on the belief that human nature shows persistent positive features, that it repeatedly shows effort, agency, and commitment in their lives that the theory calls inherent growth tendencies. People also have innate psychological needs that are the basis for self-motivation and personality integration. So I think the idea is like, if you feel unmotivated, it's probably because what's motivating everybody else isn't your motivating factor. It's different for you. So what's Mm -hmm. yours? And this is maybe the process that helps you determine to identify that. that. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. That's great, right? Yeah. What do you have to say for yourself, Sarah? I wish I had like listened to that instead of <laughs> researching about yeah, New Zealand. Yeah, you can listen her. to the episode later. Okay, uh, but I did um, find out that it says New Zealand. There's differing opinions. Oh. So um, some say yeah, it belongs to the continent of Australia, but then it says New Zealand is located in the continent of Oceania. That's not oh. a continent, so that's it figured said out. It's on WorldAtlas.com, so I, d- I doubt that can be. <laughs> wow, it sounds like I was right. Okay, this it doesn't at all. <laughs> and then it also says the because it's like so isolated, it's there's it's unclear where it belongs. Oh, there's not, that's interesting. It seems that there's not um, a definitive like answer, opinion, but, but it does feel like I gave. One of the opinions, and that one was in fact not wrong. Objectively, but we okay, but we were also wrong. not wrong. We yes, you were because you said what's a continent. <laughs> no, so I don't know how you could have. I don't want to throw well, Sarah under the no, bus. I but. think my I think it's a valid question, and I think these people are also on the internet are also grappling with the same question: what consists of the continent? I really support Sarah right now. I think now. that the, our New Zealand um, listener can write back and they, and pro- help they us probably out. know better than than we, we do. do or the internet. Hey, Sarah. Yeah. Audio high five. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Jesus. I hate everyone. But, wait. <laughs> they didn't do it. Just wait, so Sarah's, we're clear they I'm couldn't trying, nail it. Sarah's trying to do it. 
the sound effect for a high five. You could just have a high five. You both have mics. Shut up. (laughs) Just again, we're here just to offer positive, just like really healthy, inclusive feedback, just so everybody feels like they're a part of the world. Okay. Except for Sarah, who doesn't even know what. Oh my God. You just went against everything you just said. Hi, Dana, Allison, and Sarah, unless she's on her 74th cruise of the year. That is really what I'm saying. I'm here. Please tell me that really says that. It really does. That's. Incredible. It really does. First of all, to get the obvious pleasantries out of the way, I love the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I have been binge listening on my long ass commute to work every day and I'm finally caught up. Yes, Allison, I listened in chronological order. (laughs) Thank you. I don't understand how people can listen backwards. Creepy. Sorry. Allison just pointed at me when she's a creepy. (laughs) People know. (laughs) They won't understand any of the references from previous episodes, but I digress. When listening to episode 65, I had so much to say and often find myself wishing I could chime in on your conversation. I have suffered from both depression as well as anxiety since I lost my mother at age 11. Mm. Now, as a woman in my mid-20s, I have grappled with these mental illnesses no matter what is going on in my life otherwise. While it is slowly going away, there is still still such a stigma about mental illness, and there are still far too many people saying, just have a better attitude, or I don't know what you're so sad about. You're lucky to have X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. And frankly, it's not only infuriating to hear these things, but it's very harmful. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to give my two cents. The first listener who discussed his suicidal thoughts and depression really stuck out to me. It sounds like not only with his depression, but with his day-to-day life, he is having a rough go of it. I would say this. My first step is, like you ladies said, reaching out to people for help or even just to be a sounding board. I am a huge advocate for talking about my struggles with mental illness and try really hard to never shy away from those topics with people. It's so helpful and important to get things off your chest and to tell people how you are doing. Secondly, try your very hardest to find things that make you laugh every day, whether it be tuning into AWP or finding a show on Netflix or finding a YouTube series or channel or watching a stand-up special or reading a humorous book. Just try to laugh every day. Along with that, try to find things that you can enjoy just for yourself. Maybe that means taking a class you find interesting at the local community college, seeking out a religious or spiritual group, learning how to cook something you've always wanted to cook, finding time in your day to meditate or exercise, finding something you want to start collecting as a hobby, which is awesome because I feel like that's what he was saying is he's trying to put things on his plate to look forward to. She's really giving a lot of tangible like steps that people can take. Mm -hmm. I love it. Anything that can bring you even an ounce of joy, release, or even distraction. I fully understand that this is all easier said than done, but it is possible if you take it day by day and be gentle with yourself. Also, in terms of the listener who inquired about ways to prevent anxiety or deal with an anxiety attack, I have personally found that having something to physically ground you is very helpful. For example, when I travel, I carry a worry stone in my pocket and Mm. turn it. I so I read this email. I really want to get an AWP worry stone. Oh, I know. I don't know cool. if they have it on the thing, but how cool would that be? Yeah. Um, in my pocket and turn it over in my fingers when I'm feeling anxious or having a panic attack. I once had a therapist tell me that finding something to remind you of the physical world is a way to remind yourself that everything is okay. Wow. Use a worry stone or try to focus on the feeling of your feet on the ground or your hands on the steering wheel. My husband will also let me draw circles on his palm when he is with me during these occurrences. How cute is That's that? That's adorable. Oh my God. The biggest thing to 
to remember is that no one who feels this way is wrong or alone. Mm -hmm. I listened to this particular episode after a series of really bad days, and hearing your voices made everything a tiny bit better. Oh, and also never feel ashamed of needing or wanting to take medication for your issues. Talking to a doctor and finding what works for you is so important. Mm -hmm. Sincerely, fake name Amber. Real name, Amber, because anonymity isn't really my bag. I love Amber. She really gave a lot of great advice. And I just, wait, are you, you want to hold hands? Sarah's oh, rubbing Sarah's, a circle in my palm. I really love that. That is the sweetest thing I've ever. Think, and you know, she talked about too, uh, I think she said that she didn't used to talk about it very much and, or, and now she's more open about it, something like that. Yeah. And I just want to say that... To me, if you ever feel like your anxiety or depression, you don't want to talk about it or whatever, or if you do, it makes you weak, I think that is strength. Totally. It takes so much strength to be open about your weaknesses. Yes. So don't ever forget that. Yeah. And I mean, I just want to say one more thing, and I know that you guys are so sick of hearing about it, but I know we rip on me because I talk about how I don't drink all the time. Right. But one of my... Uh, reasons for doing that uh-huh. is like I used to work at a theater in Boston. You've met a lot of the people from Improv Asylum, uh, Improv oh, Asylum on the mm-hmm. show. When I was super open with everybody that I didn't drink, I worked at a bar and that just became one more place that was not a safe place for me to drink mm-hmm. because everybody there knew that I didn't drink. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm usually open about it because every time I tell someone I'm sober, I don't drink. It's going to be harder for me if I ever want to have a drink. I'm not mm-hmm. going to have a lot of places to go because it's going to seem so unusual to people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I know we rip on you just because we like ribbing on you, but I, <laughs> but I think you're very strong and, and brave to be so open with your um, uh, controversial past <laughs> in every way. Thank I you. I think it's amazing. Thank you. And you know, I think you're strong and brave for talking about depression and using medicine Thank because you. you've been really honest about that in your show. God, I wish Sarah was here. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Sarah. Okay. This is fake name Ben, open parentheses, girl. Really trying to okay. throw us off our game. I like it. <laughs> okay. Hello, ladies. I've always wanted to write you. I've always wanted to write to you. And episode 65 really got to my feels, and I was inspired to send something. So you read a couple emails about being depressed and suicidal. I relate with that with a lot. I'm sorry. I relate with a lot of that. Back when I was in seventh and eighth grade, I was extremely bullied in school and on the bus. Mm -hmm. I came home crying, running to my mom, screaming at her about how badly people treated me when I did nothing wrong. Anyways, I went to counselors, teachers, and a friend. Nobody at school did anything at all, especially the counselors. Mm -hmm. They told me to get over it multiple times, so I got extremely suicidal in eighth grade Mm -hmm. and couldn't stand being alive and going to the one place, well, church too. I felt like the most worthless human being in the planet. I got to the point where my mom had to drag me out out of bed to pull my hair up in a ponytail and get dressed to catch the hellacious bus. Well, then comes winter, the most depressing time of year. I was extremely moody and would fight with my family for no good reason. One day, my mom sat me down and asked, what the hell is going on? So I started to cry, and I told her I can't stand living anymore, and I really wanted to kill myself. Mm -hmm. She was sad, of course, but she hugged me and told me that I just need to breathe and think about all the good things I have in my life. So I guess after all this long story of my relation to the stories in episode 65, my advice is to friggin' talk to your family. Mm -hmm. My other advice is every 
every single day you need to stop and think what you're grateful for. Because if my mom would have, wouldn't have helped me every day to help me think of what I'm grateful for, I wouldn't be here today. Also, she transferred me to a different school to get me a fresh start with new peers. Oh, lovely. Um, so um, just as a reminder, we have a whole thing on our website. It's called the Attitude of Gratitude. Yeah. If you ever want to go on there and list a bunch of stuff you're grateful for, we love reading people's lists. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a whole community there. That's- I also just want to say, for her, the safe place to go eventually, because it seems like she tried a couple of times, but was her mother. And she says, go to family. And I agree with that. If you can. Not everyone right. can. Here's what you need to do. Go where the love is. Yeah. Yeah. Go where the love Go is. Go where the love is. Motivation Monday right there. Mm, yeah. And yeah, and you know, we've talked so much about family on this show and recently, you know, Dana was getting pretty emotional about that and we just try to remember that not everybody's family is a safe place. Mm-hmm. And if that's true for you, you can build your own family. You can build your family. You know, when she Find talked about your church family. and it exactly. family doesn't necessarily mean blood. Right. Because you guys are my family. Yeah, totally. I was talking to the listeners. Oh, right. <laughs> God, uh, I have just, just—I realize I love mean people, and yet I get my feathers so ruffled all the time. Like I don't get it. I am an oxymoron of existence. Super funny. <laughs> Who are your other mean? Oh, I know. I have so I many it. mean people in my life, and I'm I love mean. them. I'm very nice. You are, and actually, the people who I say are mean to me are actually very—they have hearts of gold. Thank you. Don't say it's like poop. No, your heart's not poop. Everything else about you is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So this starts with, oh, I think she wrote this second. Okay. So this is a fairly long email with a lot of good information. But this says, if you happen to have anybody write in that's looking for help for a veteran with post-traumatic stress, you can share my work email address. I'll get them some resources. Oh, my God. So it's Kelly at LoneSurvivorFoundation.org, and we're going to put that in our show notes. Wonderful. Fake name. I don't know. Make something up that makes me sound witty and clever. (laughs) Jarnita. (laughs) Jarnita. Hey, Dana, Allison, and Sarah. I'm listening to your latest episode, Anxiety, Depression, and a Butt Wiper. I've had severe anxiety since I was about 10 years old. I have complex post-traumatic stress from bullying, physical abuse, the suicide of my adopted brother, and the Mm -hmm. attempted suicide of my dad. My CPTSD has manifested as several anxiety disorders, and I have had debilitating panic attacks since I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I currently work for a nonprofit veterans service organization where we provide mental health services, and I've learned a lot about our actual. <laughs> I've learned a lot from our actual licensed health professionals. Oh, good. I've begun studying trauma, and I'm writing a book to help the caregivers of veterans understand how they can help their veterans at home. Mm. I've learned a lot from all these experiences, and I'd like to share a few things that I'm hoping can help your other listeners who may be experiencing anxiety and panic. Things that can help when you're having a panic attack. Do it. Do it. First things first, a panic attack will not kill you. Oftentimes, the feeling of a panic attack coming on brings even more panic because it's scary as hell. Mm -hmm. Knowing that you are safe and that this is just your body's natural survival instinct will help you ride it out quickly. Think of your brain as having two different sides, their survival side and the thinking side. Only one side of the brain is going to be turned on at any given time. If you're having a panic attack, it's your survival side that's turned on. To turn it off, you have to get back to your thinking side. The actual actual side... 
What happened? I can't read this word. Is it maybe I can't tell if I can't read it or if it's okay. The actual psychology of what's happening is much more complicated, but nobody wants to hear about amygdalas in prefrontal cortexes right now. No kidding. Your job is to make your brain start using logic. My go-to is to read something, have a good engaging book waiting in your Kindle app for moments when panic starts to occur. It may be difficult to concentrate at first, but I soon get lost in the story and suddenly realize the panic has left. If you're driving or in another situation where you can't just whip out your phone and start reading, try counting. Start at 301 and count backwards. In odd numbers. I probably can't do that right now, but I see what she's saying. Yeah. Once you have your breath back and you are feeling a little bit better, try some grounding exercises to get out of your head and into the present. Do a body scan. Start with your feet. Move up your body, noticing what's supporting you. My feet are planted on the ground. My butt is in the chair. My back is against the seat of my car, etc. Focus on some deep breaths and try to make your exhale as long and as slow as you can. A few good preventative things. For those of you with PTSD, please do yourself a big favor and look into ART, Accelerated Resolution Therapy. Oh. AcceleratedResolutionTherapy.com has a directory of therapists. This is probably the single most effective modality we use with our veterans. Wow. Can you stand it? I'm going to put all this in our show notes. Great. If you haven't gotten on the meditation bandwagon yet, seriously consider it. It's so hard. I know. It's so hard. Science shows that over time, meditation actually shrinks the panicky part of your brain so it won't misfire as often. Hmm. It's just like working out. You will get some immediate benefits, but you have to do it for a while to get the big payoff. If you feel like you have no time to meditate, that means you need it even more. Oh, no. You must slow down and take care of yourself. Speaking of working out, you need to move your body. Mm -hmm. I'm still trying to figure out how to explain this clearly but trauma is stored in your body. You need to move to release it. Find something that you can do for the sake of feeling good. Knowing myself and what causes my anxiety has also done a lot to help me. An amazing self-discovery tool that I have recently found is called the Enneagram spelled E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. This is a personality test, and I know that sounds cheesy as all hell. The idea is that there are nine different types of personality, and each one has a different basic fear. For example, mine is a fear of being unsupported. Oh my God, we have to take the test. We have to take it. Knowing this made something click for me. Now when I'm having an unreasonable freak out about something that my husband is doing, I can recognize that what's really happening is that I've made him responsible for my sense of security. And I need to be working on that instead of freaking out about his dirty socks on the floor. If this sounds like something you want to look into, I recommend the book called The Wisdom of Enneagram by Don Richard Rizzo and Russ Hudson. I mean, is this kid? I mean, she's like crazy. Another tool is called tapping or EFT. Sarah and I have talked about tapping. Right. Yeah. Short for emotional freedom technique. This is another cheesy-sounding concept, but it works. Try Googling Nick Ortner, O-R-T-N-E-R. He has some books and videos that will explain it and teach the technique. You're going to be tapping on the meridian points of your body mm-hmm. while giving yourself some therapy at the same time. I don't know how else to explain it, but I've been using it for several years with good results. I've heard that you ladies like I Thank you for... She did the Ionla Vinzant. 
remember I can never figure out how to say her first name. Mm-hmm. She uses tapping. Maybe Oprah does too. Who knows? Mm. There's one last thing that I want to bring up. Everyone is always telling others to reach out, and there's nothing wrong with that. However, please know that those who are struggling the most are incapable of reaching out. We yeah. need to look after each other. Pick up the phone and check in with your loved ones. Mm-hmm. Suicide warning signs are listed below. Also be aware that if people are exposed to suicide, it becomes more likely that they will experience suicidal ideations themselves. This is called suicide contagion. So here's the um, warning signs. Mm -hmm. Looking or wanting to die or to kill themselves. Looking for a way to kill themselves, like searching online for or buying a gun. Talking about feeling hopeless or having no reason to live. Talking about feeling trapped or in, in unbearable pain. Talking about being a burden to others. Increasing the use of alcohol or drugs. Acting anxious or agitated, behaving recklessly, sleeping little, too little or too much, withdrawing or isolating themselves, showing rage or talking about seeking revenge, extreme mood swings. Mm -hmm. I hope that something in this excessively long email will be helpful for someone out there. I'm sorry to take time away from the dick jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, she knows us so well. Do I have to say bye? I don't like it. Also, Yorst is really awful, Allison. Oh, God. I enjoy Bai, but I agree with her on Yorst. Um, what was her fake name? She said just to make up something witty, and then you did, and you've forgotten it. I think oh, it was Jardinaire. Jarmita. Jarmita? I don't I know. Anyway, Jarmita, I want to thank you yeah. profusely for taking that much time mm-hmm. and giving that much amazing information. So good. And all the resources that she hit on, we're going to list in our show notes. I didn't I, even know about some of those No, things. I know. I love I'm it. dying to take the fear test. Yeah. We all have to do it. Can you write you know it in what, your notes, Sarah? The Enneagram. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what it is? Yeah. What's your fear? I've tried to take it and like figure out what my what my number is, it's like a number. Everyone has their own uh-huh. number. Um, multiple times and I have no idea what mine what? is. But no. I know a lot of people who are really into it. Okay, we got to figure it out. I also, this whole, um, when she was talking about her husband when she gets frustrated and whatever, yes. she refers back to that. It's that it's that old adage of like when you're pointing at someone else, right. there's four fingers pointing back at yourself or yeah. whatever. And that's really true. Like if we understand ourselves right. better, maybe we can have better relationships and a better quality of life. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. I loved what she said about the trauma being locked in your body. Yeah. Yes. And I've heard, I've done some trauma research and trauma work with some people. Um, This woman is like really amazing in LA. And it was interesting because what I learned from her is like, you don't have to have some like big traumatic event that you remember, or it doesn't have to be abuse. Like it could be you were tickled and you were uncomfortable oh. about it. It could be just being born was traumatic. It could wow. Be, there's so many things And it things just gets stuck in your body. In your body. Wow. wow. So it just kind of makes, I think it helps a little bit just mental, like it's easy to be like meditate or do all yeah. the mental, emotional things, but there's actually so much physical, mm-hmm. uh, so many physical factors um, that you can't really just like meditate away. Right. Wow. Meditating helps, but if there's trauma, then, yeah, like you have to like release it somehow. I love that. Me I used too. to do I've yoga. I've never even thought about that. Yeah. they. All, I used to do yoga so much more than I do now, which is really sad, but it's a long story and maybe someday it'll be my life again. But they always would say that um, your emotions are stored in your hips. Mm-hmm. And I have been in like two-hour yoga sessions where mm-hmm. – I started crying at the end because Mm. you're opening your hips and like, it's just, it's super, first of all, after like a two hour 
workout, you're tired. And you then did two hours there was, of yoga. Th- when I lived in West Hollywood, I was killing the yoga game because, wow. and on Saturdays, they would have a two hour class at 10 a.m. And you would go, and so they'd have a really long meditation at the end. And I would just. At 2 a.m.? No, no, at 10 a.m. Oh, sorry. Keep up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they say that like your emotions are stored in your hips. And especially if you work. Sitting down, you know, like at a desk, or you know, for women in particular, your hips will get really locked, and it's really important to to open them and to do, even if you don't do yoga, to look at some hip exercises and try to get that. I mean, I have my tailbone is fused to my pelvis, so Mm -hmm. I have to work on opening my hips anyway. But um, it really, if you do it a lot, it it can be like kind of emotional. It's crazy. I just don't like the stinkiness and wetness of yoga. Yeah. Okay. So I think (laughs) so. Note to self, next week, I'm going to start humping everything. Okay, so that's not a hip exercise, <laughs> but that? I can walk you through some. I had an experience where I did yoga, and I, I don't do it a lot, but I got really angry. Like, there was so much oh. anger, like, locked in there. Ooh, wow. crazy. Yeah. That's going to be our next fun trip with Jillian. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to take you guys to that yoga studio. And we want to do the rage room. Oh, I know. Okay. And I'm going to hump Sarah. No, that's not a hip <laughs> opener. I just don't know what to say. Fake name, the one with the placenta in my freezer. I love her so much. <laughs> okay. She, I haven't talked to her in a while. I'm obsessed with her. And I, she just donated to our Patreon, too. Oh, my She's God. Amazing. I love you. I can't stand it. Okay. To the guy from Missouri who wrote in about being depressed and bipolar, I just want to say that I'm thinking of you and sending you light and love. Mm -hmm. Now to pimp out another podcast, but try listening to some episodes. Oh, she said not to. Not to pimp out another podcast, but try listening to some episodes of Jen Goch's new podcast called Jen Gotch is Okay Sometimes. Have you guys heard of this? I saw it on a list somewhere, but I haven't listened to it yet. Cool. But I'm in full support of G-O-T-C-H. Lady Podcast. Yeah. She has one called How to Feel Better Right Now. She also goes into detail about her own experience with being bipolar and is working to destigmatize mental illness. Just like Allison and Dana said, the stigma is changing. We need more voices to share their experiences because you are not alone. Mm-hmm. Thank you for reaching out and writing into the podcast. Thank you to Dana for sharing your personal struggle with times of depression. In a world with perfect Instagram feeds, it's so easy to feel isolated. Totally. <laughs> it's crazy. On a personal note, my 10-year-old son has bipolar. He was diagnosed about nine months ago, and we are currently on the journey of finding the right cocktail of medications. Mm-hmm. As a mother of a bipolar, I often ride the waves with my son. Oh, that's how I can completely see that. Mm-hmm. He fast cycles from depression and irritability to hypomania and back again multiple times in one day. Mm-hmm. His irritability and anxiety are unmanageable at times, and this heightens my own anxiety to new levels every day. Of course. He first started talking about thoughts of ending his life when he was eight. Baby. I know. He started to physically hurt himself during times of frustration about a year ago. (sighs) Working on self-awareness has been beneficial. I check in with him multiple times a day, asking him to rate his mood using using a 1 to 10 system Jen Gotch shares in her podcast. Awesome. 7.8 is perfect. When we see it dropping too low or building up too high hypomania, we can try and use his tools to self-manage. But most importantly, it's about creating self-awareness. We also talk a lot about the importance of medication. We've explained to him that having bipolar is like having diabetes. Diabetics need insulin to help them maintain a blood sugar level, just like people who have bipolar need medication to maintain their moods. Absolutely. We also remind him that as he grows older, it's important to continue taking his medications and seeing a psychiatrist and therapist 
even when he thinks he is feeling good. Yes. My husband is amazing, and along with my two other children, we are all learning patience. As for myself, I'm struggling with feeling overwhelmed and rather alone in my experience. Mm -hmm. You have to parent bipolar kids differently than neurotypical children. Mm -hmm. And although I am all for sharing experiences with mental health, I don't necessarily want to shout to the world that my son is bipolar because that's his story to share. Exactly. Anyhow, parenting is hard with or without the struggle of mental illness. My heart goes out to you, Missouri dude, and anyone, everyone else living with mental illness. P.S. I still need to bury my placenta. Thanks for asking. Oh my God. (laughs) I love it so much. God, this episode's amazing. I know. I love how um, involved she is with uh, helping her son understand what his condition is. It's reminding me, and I, I'm not going to remember it, if only we had an intern that kept notes and kept like a catalog or something, but remember <laughs> the woman from Ireland who was talking about her kids. Her kids, yeah. And then someone else, it might have even been in episode 65, I think it was, said there was an online group for parents. Oh, yeah, I do remember so, that. I don't know. I'm going to try to go back and, and drop it into these show notes as uh-huh, well. Uh-huh. I think I did do it in the episode 65 show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to remind us all of that. And also, it's so funny because I feel like we've talked about so much stuff on this show and then new things come up. We haven't talked a ton about caretakers mm-hmm. and how hard it is for them. How stressful. You know, and, yeah. and our other woman that wrote in who works with veterans kind of touched on it is... Mm-hmm caretakers have to get just as much support Mm -hmm. and they have to be their own advocates Mm -hmm. so that they can show back up and help the people that they're helping. Absolutely. And I can understand her not wanting to shout her story, her son's son's story from the rooftops. But what may be helpful is finding a support group with other parents who know what she's going through. Right. So that you can get the support that you need. because. No matter what, and I think this is where the caretakers feel guilt is, and it's, you know, a little bit analogous to just being a parent, but you feel guilty because you're burned out. And it's like, that's when, and they say this to new moms all the time, like, you need to walk away. Yeah. You know, you need to get some sleep, feed yourself, exercise, do whatever is your thing Mm -hmm. so that you can show up to your children and your husband and everybody else. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't take care of anybody if you're not taking care of yourself. Totally. Yeah. And this is my last email. I'm really excited because we got through everything. We did? This is my last one. It's We got a lot to go, though. Okay. Dear AWP fam... That's oh, super I cute. love it. When I heard Big Peepee's story while I was at the gym, I was tempted to start writing then and there, but I was afraid I would fall off the treadmill and have a new absolute yours to send you. Wait a minute. What? So we heard from Big Peepee today. Yeah. And somebody wrote in about Big Peepee? Yes. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> As the subject line states, my actual absolute yours is not funny or even entertaining. But to be fair, you ladies have put out a call for listeners to share their deep, dark secrets. This mm-hmm. is mine. So much so that I forgot until Big Peepee wrote in with that even sorry, wrote in that it even was a secret because most of the time I repress it and pretend it never happened. Some backstory. I have also struggled with depression and varying forms of anxiety my whole life. I recently had a recovered memory about how I was anxious at parties, even as a preschool-aged child. Mm. It really hit me at puberty, though. I probably spent more nights contemplated suicide during middle school than I didn't. However, my mom has her own mental health issues, which combined with me being a typical self-centered douchebag like most teenagers, meant that we never got along. 
This in turn meant that instead of reaching out for help, I simply held a resentment that my mother chastised me for sleeping too much instead of asking me if I was okay. In my mind, she should have known I wasn't and been the one to initiate me getting the help I needed. She's the parent after all, right? I am now 26, and though I'm not a parent, I can understand how easy it would be to not want to wonder whether your child is suicidal when you also have two other kids, a full-time job, and your own issues. Wow, this... I can't believe she's only 26 and, like, that self-aware already. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I just re- figured out how selfish I was, like, last year, and I'm 38. <laughs> I'm not sure that you're even fully aware at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Great point. So I was a college graduate living with my parents who were as eager to go back to being empty nesters as I was to get out of the nest. Mm. I was working customer service at the time. My job was both physically and emotionally draining. It was also a tight-knit group of coworkers who would sit out on the patio for drinks after closing time. One of these nights, I worked the closing shift. I got drunk on an empty stomach, which is the worst kind of drunk. I went home and proceeded to be in one of those moods where I felt totally worthless and like a blight on my loved ones, all of society, including the friend that I vented all of this to. Side note, Dana mentioned that if you are ever suicidal, even just putting it off for one more hour can help. She was so right. I can't tell you how many times I've been in the worst bout of depression, but if I just eat dinner and get a good night's rest, I feel more able to keep on going when when I wake up. Being hangry might be well known now, but no one talks about hunger, hopelessness. It's real. Whoa. And it's also why I'm an emotional eater, but I digress. It was now 1 a.m. I'm talking to a friend who lives several states away from me on Facebook Messenger and telling him about how hopeless I feel and I should probably just put an end to the pointlessness of everything. Then I fell asleep because, you know, drunk and hungry and it's late. Next thing I know, my mom is knocking on my door saying the cops are outside asking for me. Keep in mind, even though I wasn't a teenager anymore, I had never confided any of my mental health struggles to my mother. I quickly threw some clothes on and went to the door. Basically, the police told me my friend had contacted authorities because when I stopped responding after sending those messages, he was worried I would try to actually go through with my suicidal thoughts. I was livid. I was terrified that the officers were going to forcibly take me to the hospital. I remember them asking questions, and even though I was feeling a little better, I basically lied to make myself seem as sane as possible. They gave me a number to call to set up an outpatient psych appointment on my own time, but they said in order to let me go back to bed, they needed to tell my mom some of what was going on so that she could keep an eye on me. I agreed, but only because I desperately wanted to go inside before I passed out in front of them, and they would have to call EMS anyways. I remember my mom getting me a Coke, which I drank at the kitchen table, and this must have been when the officers filled her in. I don't remember most of the immediate aftermath. Having to talk to my parents in the light of day after getting more sleep, making the appointment, etc. What I do remember is feeling trapped. I understand why my friend reached out to authorities, but doing so was still a betrayal of my trust, Mm -hmm. and it took me a while to forgive him. I also asked my mother not to tell anyone outside of our immediate family what had happened, but I got a message of solidarity from my aunt the next day. I was grateful, and I certainly wasn't suicidal anymore, but I felt so horribly out of control of my life. Mm -hmm. I felt like I couldn't trust anyone, and that at any moment the cops could change their mind and come back for me, which was the only reason I made that psych appointment. It led to six months of therapy, which I also lied my way through so I wouldn't have to keep going to it. I did say this would hopefully be inspirational. This is why I wanted to write into Big Peepee. It may sound cliche, but it gets 
better. Within those six months of therapy, I was diagnosed with a thyroid disorder that was contributing to my depression. Many other factors have played a part in my recovery, but as my current therapist termed it, my depression is in remission. I now have a successful career, have moved out, moved out of my parents' house, exercise regularly, and don't sleep for 16 hours straight on the weekends anymore. But my most relevant advice for him is this. If you can call and make an appointment with your doctor and take the bus there, it is illegal for them to tell your parents what the appointment was unless you or others are in immediate danger. You don't actually have to reach out to your mom. If you slash your family don't have insurance or you don't want to use it because you don't even want your parents to see the bill, your county will have an office where they provide mental health care on a sliding scale based on income. Yes. And also, sorry to interrupt, but also a lot of universities that have um, therapy programs and psychology programs, they also offer free Free therapy. Search for your community services board. That's what they're called in my state. Not sure if it's nationwide name, but the services themselves definitely are. Depending on where you live, though, the waiting list can be many months long. And even if you aren't suicidal, the National Suicide Hotline, which is how my friend helped me, even from another state, and is listed on the AWP episode notes, Mm -hmm. will be able to connect you with mental health resources. But I do hope that your story will teach you that even if it is hard to broach the subject with your mother, she would much rather hear it from you on one of your good days than from the police knocking on the door at 3 Mm a.m. I personally find that writing letters or lists of relevant points is very helpful when I'm scared to talk about things. And I just straight up say, hey, there are some things I need to say, but I'm really nervous and I don't want to leave anything out. So I wrote it down and I'm going to read it to you. Is that okay? And this has worked every time, even in business meetings. Ultimately, I'm sure your mother will be glad that you confided in her and are seeking help. It might take her some time to get there, but in all fairness, it's also taking you some time to get to talking to her. So she deserves some slack. Our moms are human too, but not as fragile as we often think. For once, I 100% agree with everything Dana and Allison said about this too. Your mom will understand. I do appreciate this podcast for really challenging me to improve and being almost more helpful than my real therapist. Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> Hopefully we will hear good news back from Big Peepy. Oh my God. I know. You know, that brought up a really interesting thing for me when when she said um, that she was livid with her friend yeah. for reaching out. Mm-hmm. And I think um, as a, uh, she said she felt betrayed. Mm-hmm. But I got to be honest, if I was in that friend's position and my friend had said those things and, and wasn't responding, boy, I'd be afraid too. You know, I was just saying this to someone the other day is I'd rather... Save your life. I'd rather you hate hurt me. Hurt your feelings. Yeah. And save your life. Yeah. And and you know, I, I appreciate that she was honest about that, but, mm-hmm. but I it don't, did lead her to that's getting right. the help. You know, and I don't know that she I feel like she was trying to articulate that. Yeah. You know, I think like that's yeah. Because she comes around, but like I don't ever want to stop someone from like go with your gut, mm-hmm. you know? And I think this is true for We've talked about it again with like drug addiction and alcohol. It's like, I didn't want to say anything, but I knew they had been like shooting heroin. It's like, I'm just going to come out and be like, yo, mm-hmm. if you need help, and not in the sense of you're not maybe going to be able to fix it, mm-hmm. but to just say, I'm here if you want help. Yeah. The National Suicide Hotline, too, it's not just for people who feel suicidal. Right. If you have a friend, right. if you have a loved one, that's what it says, mm-hmm. you can get help. Yeah. They'll help you know how to talk to that person. They'll help give you resources to offer that person. Like, it's not just if you're feeling suicidal. And I'll be honest, that's not, I have absolutely called the police on other people before. You know, if I think that they've overdosed or I, you know, I've, and I've, I have taken people to the hospital when, you know, because sometimes people will say, 
I need help. Mm -hmm. Like they want to get sober, Mm -hmm. but they're like, but tomorrow (laughs) or like, but I'm fine right now. But like, if I get there and they look like they need a fucking hospital, I'll just drop them off at an ER Mm -hmm. and they may walk out the front door, but I'm just like, this is how I can help you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a fucked up. I've definitely had people be pissed at me before because I took them to a hospital. Mm -hmm. It's a tricky thing. I mean, I, I tried to kill myself when I was in college, my senior what? year. Sarah, you did. It's not where was that this ta- information? <laughs> it's not something that I talk about a lot, um, obviously. But I, I was drunk, and I've, I've been like dealing with depression and like suicidal thoughts since I was probably like fourteen, what? on and off. Wow. But it was a weird. Like I, I had a therapy appointment the next day anyway, and I went in and I told my therapist. And legally, she, I think it's legally, and she was my, like, school therapist, so I think they're, like, extra cautious, Mm -hmm. like, had to send me to the emergency room. Right. Mm. And I can't lie, so I was honest, and, like, I really understand what she was saying about lying through therapy to get out of it, because Mm -hmm. in retrospect, I was like, I should have done that. Mm. And I was checked into a hospital for a week, and I had no, I was in the middle of midterms, like, I had no... I, I didn't have a choice. Right, right. No control over it. They check you in. Basically, I like I like voluntarily checked in, but if I hadn't done that, they would have checked me into a different hospital right. that wasn't as nice mm-hmm. involuntarily. And like, yeah, it felt like I had been like kidnapped in a way. I mean, yeah. I learned a lot from that experience and I probably like <laughs> needed the break and like whatever, but um and I mean that day that I had gone in, like I felt totally fine. I wasn't depressed. Mm-hmm. The day that I was like checked in. So wow. it was like a weird experience of being like, but can't you see that I'm happy? But it's like such a liability for them. Right. And I think the reason, I think they would have given me meds and let me go, but I refused to take the meds. So they kept me longer. Wow. They had to make sure um, that yeah, you were it's safe. It's a liability thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's a weird, it's, yeah, because I understand her friend too. Like, I think if I had been that friend, I would also would have been scared and like might have done the same thing. But I also understand like it just feels like a betrayal and out of control. Yeah. yeah. Especially having cops. Yeah. Like almost is the same feeling as like being, you know, you're just like cooped up in a building for a week and but you're in, not allowed to leave. And Right. Wow. But in both of your stories, something good. Came yeah. From. Yeah. Could, yeah, I guess. I so. mean, I think sometimes our thoughts, first of all, Sarah, thank you so much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we never knew that. And sometimes I think our thoughts, they, sometimes it, we've talked before about just letting the light in. And when you say it to someone else and they're like, oh, you need to go to a hospital now, to us, it feels dramatic. You're like, okay, I tried to kill myself, but it wasn't that bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's right. who cares? <laughs> but they're like, no, no. And sometimes we kind of need to be smacked out of it. It's like, this is really serious. Right. You're saying that you tried to end your life, and we are taking that very seriously. And I feel like in both of these cases, the starkness, the stark contrast between my sort of individual thoughts that I sort of brush off and I'm like, they're not that bad. Seeing the it affect somebody else, you're like, holy fuck. Right. But it does kind of, like for me at least, I feel like it, it's made me feel more cautious about sharing that with mm. anyone. Like I'm less likely to go to therapy. To reach out. Now, now or if I did, like I just wouldn't say anything about that. Right. Because I don't know what the person's reaction is going to be. I don't know what they're the law and the liability right. is in terms of that. So, so for me, because I don't answer. want 
What's I the don't, answer? I think it depends. I think it must be different for different people. Hmm. I imagine that it is really helpful. I mean, I know like in the hospital, I met people who were like, I'm finally on meds and I feel mm. better. I'm not trying to kill myself anymore. And, you know, maybe they were feeling more severe than I was, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of the frequency that and the maybe like depth of it that they experienced. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like it must be individual. I don't. It doesn't seem like my experience would be the same as well, and I else's. also think that's maybe what. And we've talked a little bit about like talking to other people that are experiencing the, the same, same thing, thing, yeah. So that you can try, and that's what today's episode was about, and that's mm-hmm. what we try to do a little bit on this show is getting people connected with other people. Like we we kicked off the show with somebody who was like, send them my email, uh-huh. and maybe that's the first step. You uh-huh. know, is. Or I don't, you know, I don't know if you could share on the suicide. I know you can instant message, and we've we put the suicide hotline in our show notes. Yeah, and you, you can, can instant message. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can do that anonymously. So before you're ready to take like a bigger step, you kind of mm-hmm. start smaller. But we always say we don't know what we're talking about, but we're yeah. learning so much. And the more you guys share with us, and the more tools and resources we have, the more we learn, mm-hmm. and the more we are able to help. So we just want to thank everybody for writing in, and Sarah for sharing your story and and bringing a notebook. You know, I think that really <laughs> makes a difference. So Allison appreciates the notebook. <laughs> I would like to say. You're just such a special, beautiful human being inside and out. And anyone that has you in their lives, including all of the people that listen to us, are very lucky. Thanks, Dana. You're welcome. I love you, Sarah. I love you. <laughs> love oh, you hi, Allison. Allison. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, thanks, guys. This so that's great. it. Do we need a Neva's Corner? I don't think we do. Neva's Corner. Hi, Grandmama. Allison thinks we have something to apologize for. Just wanted to say that I love you since everybody here is saying that they love each other. Oh, Neva's I love- Corner. Oh, I love Grandmama too. <laughs> Allison. Yep. Sarah. Yeah. I love you. Love you. Ugh. Bye. See? This is why. Bye. Bye. Shut up and sit down.